Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well, and I wish you a blessed and holy Ash Wednesday, which of course is today. Um, It's the first day of Lent, and the next 40 days for me are just magnificent. Um, Every year, our Lord gives us an opportunity to, I think, to begin again, to live our faith, to walk with him in his wilderness sufferings, to um, to get our lives right so that we can enter heaven. This is a very merciful, loving God who, who invites us to accompany him in his sufferings. You know, many people, uh, when they're hurting or they're suffering or they're sick, whatever it may be, emotional, psychological, physical, whatever it may be, and they and you want to help them, and they say, no, leave me alone, please. And, or you say, but no, I, I just I want to just be with you just to help you get anything you need. And they say, I'm better off alone. I appreciate it, but thanks. But not our Lord. Someone once said that the measure of our love is the measure of our ability to receive love. And our Lord receives all, all. And he wants us. It's not just that we're begging him to be with him. Uh, or we're asking him. He's inviting us. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to comfort him. He wants us to know his sufferings and and truly be with him in this battle for souls. He wants that. It's, to me, an enormous honor, an absolute enormous honor. He wants me. He may want the disciples or certainly his mother and other, but me, me, 2,000 years later, failing sinful me he wants me yes he wants me it's it there's no human understanding for that there's no human understanding for that um maybe you want people with you when you suffer but um i don't know i don't know to to think uh, that he wants us with him in this awful awful wilderness um and yet he protects us through it Um, He didn't let himself be protected, but he protects us. It's just so wonderful. I have a little article that I found on, it's actually Dom Geringer on censusfidelium.com. Anything that Dom Geringer has written, he's the restorer of the Benedictine order in Gregorian chant to France, and uh, in the 1800s, an absolutely absolutely magnificent and he wrote this about Ash Wednesday hold on a moment he said yesterday the world was busy in its pleasures and the very children of God were taking a joyous farewell to mirth but this morning all is changed this morning beloved all is changed the solemn announcement spoken by the prophet has been proclaimed in Zion. The solemn fast of Lent, the season of expiation, the approach of the great anniversaries of our redemption, 
Let us then rouse ourselves, ourselves and prepare for the spiritual combat. A season of expiation. What does it mean to expiate? It means to atone, to pay for our sins. Well, didn't Jesus do that on the cross? Yes. He separated, he rather died, and for the sins that separated us from God for all eternity. But what about the temporal punishment for sin? You know, um, take any example of anyone that you've sinned against. You can say you're sorry. Maybe you've stolen from them. Just take that one example. And you go to them and you admit your, your guilt and you say, I'm so sorry I did that to you. I lied. I stole whatever I did. I'm so sorry. But now you need to make, and God has forgiven you, but you need to make reparation. You need to repair the damage you've done. Otherwise, your confession, your apology is not legitimate, right? Um, if you've lied, if you've ruined someone's reputation, then what are you going to do about that? It's very hard. You can ask the person for forgiveness. You ask God for forgiveness. You're forgiven. But what about the damage you've, the temporal damage, the earthly damage that you have caused? There's a, a story about a, um, uh, someone went to a priest and said they, uh, they lied about someone, and it was a serious lie. They accused them of sexual sin, and it wasn't true. And the gentleman's reputation was ruined throughout the entire town and, and beyond because he slandered that gentleman. And so the priest said to him, um, I want you to do this. I want you to take a pillow, a feather pillow. Maybe you've heard this story. If you've read, um, if you've seen the film I Prefer Heaven, the story of Philip Neary, you've seen this. Um, he said, take a pillow and the priest said, and uh, cut a hole in it and just go through the whole city and scatter those feathers all over the place. And the gentleman did that. It was a bit of a windy day. And he went to the priest. He said, okay, I've done that. Now what? The priest said, okay, now go and collect all the feathers. And the man said, it's impossible. The wind has blown them away. I have no idea. I'll never be able to collect them. And he said, that's right. That's what you do when you lie about someone and ruin their reputation. There's no way to put that back together again. There's no way. So how do you make reparation on something like that? Well, you go to confession you confess before God and you go to the person and you, um, and you tell them what you've done and how sorry you are and then you do whatever you can, whether it's writing a letter to the parish or going to those people you told, whatever it is, you do what you can, even though you can't repair it uh, to 100%. Jesus saw Zachariah in the tree and he said, Zachariah was not a righteous tax collector. And he said, Zachariah, come down from the tree. This day I'm going to dine at your house. Zachariah couldn't believe it. He knew he was forgiven. And he said, Lord, I'll, pay, I'll repay fourfold anyone I've taken from. We need to make expiation. We need to work hard at the temporal effects of our sin. We can't always repair them. There are things that cannot be repaired. We need to try as much as we can. And 
if we're not totally able to prepare something with someone perhaps who's already died or who won't accept our apology or won't be healed by it, we need to do other works of penance in order to expiate for our sins. If we don't do that here on earth, dear ones, we will do that in purgatory. That's the only thing purgatory is for. It's for those who are on their way to heaven. It's not a second chance. Not for heaven. It's not a second chance. It is for those who are saved on their way to heaven, but have not expiated, have not made reparation for the sins they've committed, the sins for which they've been forgiven that they've committed on earth. And you think if if you've uh, if you've expirated, if you've made made reparation for all your sins, if you think you have, we'll never ever know that because we don't have the purity or the judgment of God. And if we think we have, uh, we've done all our penances. We should still sacrifice for others, for the sins of others, just as Jesus did for our sins. And then. Dom Garanger says, the solemn fast of Lent, the season of expiation, the approach of the great anniversaries of our redemption. What is that? Easter, Pentecost coming up. Let us then rouse ourselves and prepare for the spiritual combat. I promise you, um, if you've already made Lenten um, promises or plans um, and you've already failed today, just don't worry about it. If you if you worry, if you give up, that's the that's the tool of the devil. Just don't worry. You can fail a thousand times. The only real failure is if you give up. That's the only real failure. I I, I think of uh, Thomas Edison, who had fi- failed five thousand times before he invented the light bulb, electricity, and if he. And all he did, now he said he knows 5,000 ways not to make a light bulb or electricity. Don't ever, 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 ever give up. Never give up. And if you don't give up, you haven't failed. You just keep getting up over and over again and trying over and over again. Don't ever lose hope. Don't ever lose hope. Dom Garanger says, but in this battling of the spirit against the flesh... That's what temptation is. That's what our spiritual combat is. It's the spirit against the flesh. We need good armor. We need good armor. Our Holy Mother, the Church, knows how much we need it. And therefore, does she summon us to enter into the house of God, that she may arm us for the holy contest What this armor is, we know from St. Paul, who thus describes it, and I'm going to describe that. As soon as we come back from the break, beloved, call in with anything that's on your heart toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com, and we'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 877 5483 or email her at mother at Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are um, uh, reading an article on Ash Wednesday, which today is the very first day of Lent. It's not a whole, it's a first class feast, but it's not a holy day of obligation. And yet more people, I'm told, uh, go to um, a mass on Ash Wednesday than anyone else because they want the ashes. Well, it's a very good thing, but it's not a holy day of obligation. Um, so you don't have to go. You may go, of course. Um, and many uh, churches have multiple masses on this day so that everybody can receive ashes. I wish that were the case on other days. Um, just to have multiple masses. Um, and what we're talking about now in this wonderful article by Dom Prosper Garanger on Ash Wednesday is that the battling of the spirit against the flesh, in order to uh, stand up to that, we need good armor. And he says, Our Holy Mother, the Church, knows how much we need it. And therefore, does she summon us to enter into the house of God that she may arm us for the holy contest? What this armor is, we know from St. Paul, who thus describes it, and I know this is from Ephesians chapter 6, that's the, the chapter of our spiritual armor, and he quotes it, Have your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of justice, and your feet shod 
with the preparation of the gospel of peace in all things, taking the shield of faith, take unto you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. End quote. When the program's over or any time, beloved, read Ephesians chapter 6. In fact, it'd be good this Lent to read the whole book of Ephesians. Um, it's very short, four chapters. Um, no, six, six chapters. It's a wonderful book, and the Apostle Paul wrote that from prison. It's wonderful to read. And he continues, Dom Garanger continues, the very prince of the apostles also addresses these solemn words to us. Quote, Christ, having suffered in the flesh, be ye also armed with the same thought. End quote. We are entering today upon a long campaign of warfare. You hear that? That's what Lent is. It's warfare. Warfare against our flesh. It is warfare. And it's spoken of by the apostles. Forty days of battle. Forty days of penance. We shall not turn cowards if our souls can, but be impressed with the conviction that the battle and the penance must be gone through. Let us listen to the eloquence of the solemn rite, R-I-T-E, which opens our Lent. Let us go whither our mother leads us, that is, to the scene of the fall. That's what opens us for Lent, beloved. And it begins, the enemies we have to fight with are of two kinds, internal and external. The first are our passions. The first enemy is our passions. The second are the devils. We fight our passions from within and the devils from without. Both were brought on us by pride. And man's pride began when he refused to obey his God. God forgave him his sin, but he punished him. It's always the case. God forgives us, but he punishes us so that we can make reparation on earth. He, he forgives our sin and died for the sin that separated us from God for all eternity. Now we're back in a relationship with God, but we need to make earthly, temporal reparation for the sins we've committed. The punishment was death for their sin. The sin of Adam and Eve, the punishment was death. And this was the form of the divine sentence, quote, Thou art dust, and into dust thou shalt return. Thou art dust, and into dust thou shalt return. We should remember that sentence um, with every single sin we commit. Oh, that we had remembered this, the, rec the reconciliation of what we are and what we are to be, what we are and what we are to be. The recollection of what we are and what we are to be would have checked that haughty rebellion which has so often led us to break the law of God. And if for the time to come we would persevere in loyalty to him, we must humble ourselves, accept the sentence, and look on this present life as a path to the grave. That's what it is, beloved. It's a path to the grave. And from the grave to heaven or hell. And we determine that prior to our death. We determine what our 
end will be. God doesn't determine that. We determine that. The path may be long or short, but to the tomb it must lead us. Remembering this, we shall see all things in their true light. We shall love that God, we shall love that God who has deigned to set his heart on us, notwithstanding our being creatures of death. We shall hate with deepest contrition the insolence and ingratitude wherewith we have spent so many of our few days of life, that is, in sinning against our Heavenly Father. And we shall be not only willing, but eager to go through these days of penance, which he so mercifully gives us for making reparation to his offended justice. Beloved, I'll invite you again. Our lines are wide open, and you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. You can text at that toll-free number as well. And if you have any questions now about how to spend uh, today, Ash Wednesday, or how to spend the whole of Lent, call in. If you have any hindrances to it, call in. And maybe we can figure something good out together. <clears throat> Dom Garanger continues. This was the motive the church had in enriching her liturgy with the solemn rite, R-I-T-E, at which we are to assist this morning, Ash Wednesday. When upwards of a thousand, now I don't have ashes on me now, uh, this morning's mass was a children's mass, and between um, um, the distribution of communion and ashes, I never would have made it to the program on time, so we're going to go at noon today. And we'll have ashes then. This was the motive the church had in enriching her liturgy with the solemn rite, R-I-T-E, at which we are to assist this morning or at noon or this evening, whenever you get to church today. Again, it's not a holy day of obligation, but it's a good day to go and repent for our sins and enter into Lent. When upwards of a thousand years ago, um, the church decreed the... uh, the anticipation of the Lenten fast by the last four days of Quinquagesima week. This is Quinquagesima week. The Sunday past was Quinquagesima Sunday. That is five Sundays before uh, Easter. And four days, um, uh, let's see, when upwards of a thousand years ago, the church decreed the anticipation of the Lenten fast by the last four days of Quinquagesima. This is the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the last four days of Quinquagesima week. She instant, this is in the old rite, the old calendar, beloved, but it's just so beautiful to, fo- to follow that. We have a, a church here in Beloit that's Novus Ordo, but we follow the old calendar here as a community, and we we follow um, the, the, we are in Quinquagesima week. She instituted this impressive ceremony, the church did, a thousand years ago, of signing the forehead of her children with ashes while saying to them those awful words wherewith God sentenced us to death. Quote, Remember, O man, that thou art dust, and into dust thou shalt return. 
but making use of ashes as a symbol of humiliation and penance is of a much earlier date than the institution we allude to, way before a thousand years. We find frequent mention of it in the Old Testament. Job, though a Gentile, sprinkled his flesh with ashes, that thus humbled he might propitiate, satisfy, um, uh, make satisfaction for the divine mercy. And this was 2,000 years before the coming of our Savior. 2,000 years before the coming of this, our Savior is Abraham's day, which is when Job lived. And 2,000 years before Abraham was Adam and Eve. And so we are 4,000 years from Adam and Eve. From, from Adam and Eve to Abram, Abraham is 2,000 years, and Job lived then, and Abraham to Christ, 2,000 years. Um, and even growing up in my Jewish home, beloved, before Christianity for me, um, that's what we did, the yarmulke, what people call it, the skull cap, the yarmulke, that Jewish men wear is a sign of penance and humility before God. And um, uh, we would sit, uh, shiver for a whole week, uh, make reparation, make penance, prayer for the death of a loved one. And at a funeral, and that whole week we would tear apart black cloth and we pin a piece of black cloth on us. And that was a sign of ashes, of humiliation of penance. We did that at every funeral and every week following. We wore that piece of black cloth as a symbol for ashes. I was wondered as a little girl, why didn't we just, why, why did we do away with ashes and make it so clean? I don't know. But that's what we did. That's the way it is today, I believe. The royal prophet tells us of himself that he mingled ashes, Job, he mingled ashes with his bread because of the divine anger and indignation. Many such examples are to be met in the second in the sacred scriptures. But so obvious is the analogy between the sinner who thus signifies his grief and the object whereby he signifies it that we read such instances without surprise. So obvious is the analogy between the sinner who thus signifies his grief with that little black cloth representing ashes and the object or, or a scarf or a veil on the head and the object whereby he signifies it that we read in such instances without surprise. When fallen man would humble himself before the divine justice which has sentenced his body to return to dust, how could he more aptly express his contrite acceptance of the sentence than by sprinkling himself or his food with ashes, which is the dust of wood consumed by fire? There's the music for our second break, beloved, and um, we welcome your calls now, through the whole program, not just the second half hour, which is coming up on us, but anything on your heart. It could be about Lent, um, um, about anything on your heart whatsoever. The faith, 
and maybe you're looking into the Catholic faith and you have some stumbling blocks, I'd love to see if we could help at all. So God bless you. And the toll-free number um, will come up after the break. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. We have a full half hour before us, and I would love to um, speak with you if you wish to call in with anything at all on your heart, especially perhaps questions on Ash Wednesday and um, how to how to uh, prepare and uh, what to do during Lent. Um, and our toll-free number, one 877 or email at com. We were uh, just at uh, the point where Dom Garanger on Ash Wednesday was discussing ashes. Um, and it being, um, let's see now, that by in the old days, by sprinkling himself as Job did uh, with ashes, or his food even with ashes, um, it was uh, a sign of repentance, which is uh, the dust of wood is consumed by fire. Um, this earnest acknowledgement, Dom Garanger writes, this earnest acknowledgement of his being himself, but dust and ashes, is an act of humility, and humility ever gives him confidence in that God, in that God who resists the proud and pardons the humble. 
and going to a Mass on Ash Wednesday and receiving ashes um, on your forehead is a wonderful way and a sign of um, obedience, of humility, of love above all things for the God who um, suffered and gave his life for us. I mentioned earlier that I don't have ashes now because it would have taken too long this morning. It was a school mass for all the children. Um, it would have been... Um, I would never have made it back here for the program, so we're going to go in a noon mass and receive ashes then. We have an email from Lisa. Lisa says, I've been grieving my loved ones who have passed away. I am losing hope. Please guide my thoughts and give me strength and direction. I'm desperate. Love, Lisa. Lisa, um, Truly, my dear one, I don't know if you're Catholic or, or any form of Christian, but um, our love, the only cure, dear one, is for you to develop a deep relationship with God. That's the only cure, sweetheart. Um, to come to know God, who should be your first love. No relationship is healthy if we love anyone more than we love God. That's why many marriages fail, because we can't live without our spouse if he or she dies. And it should never have been that way. If it is that way, the marriage could not have been very healthy. The only way that we can love with God's love is if we love him first. Otherwise, we love with a needy love, and it's really self-love then, because that person meets our own needs. So for you to be grieving and loved ones who have passed away is very human and very natural. But if you're losing hope, I don't know why, because our hope is heaven. And I don't know if you are afraid that they have not been on the road to heaven. Uh, You haven't said that. But what you need to be doing is um, increasing your own walk with God. And you need to be praying for them because if, if, if they're in purgatory, very few that go straight to heaven. And if, if they're in purgatory, they need your prayers. They need your prayers. Um, and so you need to be praying for them. You need to be, if you're losing hope, you're not helping them at all. Um, you need to be praying for them uh, that if they're in purgatory, that you can help because purgatory, Lisa, is a helpless state. They can't do anything for themselves. They cannot pray for themselves. They cannot do sacrifices or good works, nothing. It's a helpless state. And they desperately need you to help them. If you lose hope, then they're lost. Then you can't help them. They need you to pray for them. They need you to trust God. And they need you to be living a life worthy of God that you could enter heaven. They need that from you. Yes, they do. And so, um, uh, if you, again, if you're depressed, um, if you're desperate, then your complete focus is on yourself. It's understandable, but it's the work of the devil. God will never make us desperate. God will never put us into depression, and certainly not despair. The despair is to lose hope, and that's a grave sin. If you lose hope, it's a grave sin. Because when you lose hope, you said you're losing hope. You haven't said you lost it yet. But to lose hope is to deny God, because our hope is in him. And if you say, I've lost all hope, then you have turned your back on God. It's very serious. So I think I'll give you a little sober awakening up 
don't lose hope. Don't turn your back on God. You say, I'm not. I'm just losing hope. Well, then you are turning your God back on God because God is our only hope, sweetheart. And he gives us people to love that we can want to uh, be saints ourselves and join them in heaven and sacrifice them for them and pray for them. That's what you need to do. Make this Lent a time of sacrifice for yourself and for those you love who have gone on before you. You have the weapons of our warfare to do that. Read Ephesians chapter 6. You have all the weapons to do that. Your loved ones in purgatory don't have those weapons. You have them here on earth. And you don't lay down the sword. Don't lay down the helmet of salvation. Don't lay that down. Pick it up and fight for their salvation and for your own. Chris from New York is on the line. Hello, my brother. Hi, Mother Mary. How are you today? I'm okay. You don't sound too good. I don't. Well, I just I just got up about twenty minutes ago. Oh, all right. Okay, that's my voice. I don't know. Okay. But I, I, but I was listening to, to the. You know, I don't. I didn't hear the question or anything or the caller. But I was just listening, you know, online to you, mm-hmm. like the advice that you were talking about stuff like that. And that okay. That was quite interesting. And I don't want to have time for it. I'm not going time to comment on that, but. I have my own opinion about depression and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason I'm calling today is very important. It's, it's Have you heard of the, the old expression, your home is your haven? Yes. Uh-huh. It's, like it's, it's the one place you can go to. That's you know, right. Cold, cruel world. If you get out of work or something happened, or you're tired and you don't feel well, or you can't drive home quick enough. You your home, sh- home your home should be your, your haven. It, yeah, but for many people, it's not their haven. But yes, it it, it should be it, uh, your haven. Yes. <clears throat> so the, the reason I'm calling is, and I don't know, I don't know why I'm calling to ask you this advice. Probably, probably because I'm just I don't know value your opinion and maybe sure. shed some light on it. Sure, Chris. I have, basically, my house is not my haven. Mm. And I have, I'm trying to speak lowly because a person, the walls have ears. I live in a condo complex. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a, a neighbor who is below me. It's a female, but older than me. So and your floor is her ceiling? Yeah, and the place okay. was built nineteen forty two. Okay, so there's, there's no I found there's no insulation in the walls or the floor. Mm-hmm, got so, it. And and somebody <clears throat> tried to I guess years past blow in insulation so that people wouldn't have you know hear each other noise and I guess it didn't work. It's just like something. But the, this is the thing. She's mentally ill. Okay. Uh, and I I wouldn't be and I have nothing with that. I have I struggle with my own things. I'll I'll say that I you know because I have uh, anxiety and depression, so mm-hmm. I, I'm open about it. You know what I mean? I have not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, what's the word? Uh, discriminating against her because she does, but basically, like I welcomed her when she moved in to the complex because that's how I was raised. You know. But my mother to have manners and things like that. Good. Uh-huh. And it's been like six years of total harassment. Harassment? I a, yeah, oh. I actually had to press charges against, against her oh. with the police where I live. 
because she did something I mean she, she like hid around the corner of the building and then I was walking to my car she like ran and jumped up and kicked me in the middle of the back and then I oh fell my the goodness oh yeah my oh, and there's others there's other stuff too and you know does what? she do I, that I with other heard... Chris does she do that to others or just to you oh just me uh oh mm-hmm. she hates me I'm telling you now she and I don't mean I don't the other thing is she doesn't own it. Her father owns it. She doesn't work. She doesn't have to work. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's nice to live. You know what I mean? You know, she used to live there. And, Why does she but, hate you? But, Did she hate you before you called the police on her? Uh, she doesn't know. She, you know, yes. Because, you know, she started a, a long process. The police have probably been here over a hundred times. Oh, and my. I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm, you know, I don't want to say the term, but I feel like I'm like white trash or something like that. Because, I mean, nothing wrong with calling the police if you need them, but I mean, if you call the police that many times, there's got to be something wrong, you know? She but, calls the police? Oh, she does. She, she's the one who started. I on you? On you? Only, she calls the police on you? Yes, 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 yes. And what are her because complaints? What are her complaints? N- noise. What kind of noise? What? what kind of noise, honey? Who? Uh, and she she said she, a couple of years, several years ago, the two officers came to my door. Like, and I work in, uh, I work like late hours in the hospital, so I don't get home to like midnight or late mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I got to know some of these people. The hospital, eventually, the officers knew them by my first name. You know what I mean? So they would come over, and, I, and it's like a joke. I'd almost want to say, you want some coffee? Because mm-hmm. they said, oh, do you have any weights? And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, do you have a weight set in your place? I'm like, no. Well, do you have this? She, she claims that, that she hears, like, metal balls rolling around. Let me ask you something, Chris. Let me ask you, sweetheart. Um, how long have you been living there? Ten years this year. All right. And I own it. You own She's it? She's lived there less. Yeah, it's a condo. It's a condo. Oh, it's a condo. You know, so con- are you are you yeah. renting it to her? No, 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 no. I there's there's You own your own apartment live, is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, all the condos. But it doesn't it does, it's right. a, my yeah. is a condo there's like, you know, so okay. I live above her. All right. Here, the only solution to this I could think of, because if she's mentally ill, and and she obviously is, you've told me enough. Um, She she certainly needs help, but um, you know, I I don't know how how you can help her. Um, I could suggest things that you could do. You could invite her for dinner. You can. you know, start conversation. You can become her friend. Uh, I don't know if that's possible or not because love is the cure for all things. But I don't know if that's possible between you and her. It's more difficult because she's a woman. I don't know if you're close in age or not. I don't know how that will be accepted or what would be thought of. Could you, um, are you in a position to look to move? Well, I was going to do that like three years ago, mm-hmm. and I was looking at life. I thought to myself, you know what? Because I went from a house to a condo, 
No, from a, from a condo to owning a house and then I'm back, back to a again. condo. Mm-hmm. And I live in uh, an area where the um, of the state where the housing prices were, were always very reasonable. Low. Right, good. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, they went through, through the They went through the roof, they, they yeah. They through the roof. Right, mm-hmm. Chris, there, hold on, because there's the music for our break. And can you hang on till after the break? Yes. All right. There's a, there's a number of things you could do to try to uh, win her over through love. That's the only thing. You could bring her flowers. You could do that because she's mentally ill. Um, you're not going to change her, but you can melt her heart and soften her through love. Um, I can suggest those things, but... It, it may be that if you can move, find another convo and sell your condo and sell yours uh, in that neighborhood where it's low rent, um, that would that would really solve many, many things. Um, hold on, and uh, we'll be right back after the break. Hold on. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, your dearly host for The Catholic Current. Join me on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern to welcome back Father Gerald Murray, a canon lawyer well-known for his work on EWTN. We'll be talking about the Pope, the sacraments, and the law. Are there more changes coming our way? Find out on The Catholic Current on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio Mobile app. This is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts. From planned gifts to employer matches, we even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please, consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's one 877 888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment, and you're still welcome to call in uh, with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. This is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, and um, I, I um, if I don't have a, an opportunity before the end of the program, I wish you all a most most holy. Um, and blessed Lent. Um, we're on the line with Chris. Are you still there, dear brother? Yes. Hi, Chris. Well, I say one of two things. Um, uh, you're in a rough situation, and um, either, and, and for those who are listening with us, Chris is um, in a condo uh, that he owns, and below him is a woman who's mentally ill and um, has a physically attacked him, called the police on him, and for noise and all of that. Um, the only two things at the moment I could think of, dear Chris, is uh, first, uh, well, if you can move, that's great. If you could sell your condo and something off opens up, you can put in your name for another location, um, perhaps, and then try to sell yours. Um, do you have wooden floors? Is there carpet down? No, I got hardwoods. Hard no, hardwood, they're hardwood. They're hardwood. Yeah. Well, yeah. all right. I love hardwood floors, but in this situation, <clears throat> I would go if you can afford to do it. I would go to a good carpet store and tell them you need the most soundproof carpeting and um, underpad of the carpeting, the most soundproof carpeting you can buy and have them put it down. That would be a, a, a real expense for you. Um, maybe you don't have to put it throughout the condo, but certainly in the living room or bedroom or things that you know might be directly above her. Um, see, it's an investment for you. And you'd say, I don't have to do that, maybe because of her. She's not gonna make me spend money. Well, she's not. But if you don't wanna move and you love your place, and I, I would think you do, uh, New York is great, and uh, something built in 1942 must be great, and the rent is great. I probably would want to move from there myself. But I would suggest, um, because she's mentally ill, um, you could say, well, this is her fault, or that's her fault, and, and you're probably right. But you won't get anywhere. You won't have any peace. I would do a couple of things. i put down carpeting, uh, get real advice uh, on hardwood floors, in an old New York building that you could have the right carpeting no matter no matter what it costs. Pick the lowest cost you can, but make sure that there's plenty of padding and soundproofing. So that's first of all. Um, and second of all, this is a big one, um, Chris. Um, is she older than you? Is she younger? You about your age? She, she's older. She's older, but not more than 10 years older. Okay, good. Um, I would, now hopefully she won't misunderstand this, but I would bring her flowers. Get a nice bouquet of flowers and go ring her bell and knock on her door and say, you know, Easter's coming up. I don't, do you know if she's Catholic at all or Christian? Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, this is, this is like stereotyping, but I mean, she's Italian, I'm Italian, 
Most hot tempers, huh? Yeah. yeah, right. And I'm most are Catholic, at least Catholic. in name, right? So go and bring her flowers and say, you know, do you know her name? I'm not asking you her name, but do you know it? So I'm not, no, yes, I do. Okay, okay don't, you don't have to say it, but go down and let's say her name is Mary. Let's just say, say Mary. I know it's been real rough between you and I, and I know it's been rough on you because I live above you and these are hardwood floors and no matter how quiet I try to be, um, you get the brunt of it. So I'm going to put in carpet, a real thick carpet, and see if that's going to help. I'm going to invest in that um, for your sake so we could be uh, good neighbors. And I wanted to bring you this bouquet of flowers to say let's start over and I want to wish you a good Lent or good Easter, um, and maybe one day we can have lunch together. So I don't want her to think that you're courting her or anything like that, but just love, just love. Uh, You probably don't feel like it in your heart, Chris, but she's ill, and God died for us while we were yet sinners. And so you're showing love to her while she's still out of whack. Um, uh, Kicking you in the back does not deserve any of this. But we don't deserve God's love and forgiveness. So, Chris, dear, um, number one, as far as your home being a haven, realize you're not home yet. Heaven is our true home. And on earth we have tribulation. So do whatever you can to heal the situation. And if you can melt this woman's heart with love so that she can trust you um, uh, and even feel safe with you around, Uh, you'll have done a great deed to one of God's children. You'll have done a great, great service. She she won't think as you do. She won't have the control that you have or the emotions that you have and maybe the faith that you have. So, um, you know, do unto others as you want them to do unto you, not as they do unto you. So I would do that, sweetheart. I'd, I'd invest, even if it takes your savings or whatever it takes, in real good carpeting um and bring her some flowers and say you know i'm so sorry i want you to know i'm getting carpeting i don't do anything i don't have dumbbells i don't throw things around but it's an old building with hardwood floors and i'm going to cover them so it's going to be not so hard on you and i want you to bring you these flowers um that we could have a truce and begin a friendship and uh, uh that you have a blessed lent that would be an enormous sacrifice for you this Lent, Chris. And I think God will honor you very much with it. What do you think? Um, well, well, basically, I, I didn't know if I was still online. Um, I listened to the whole thing that you had to say. Um, I did something. There's two things. Number one, I, I, a few years ago, you know, I, I mentioned it to my mother because my parents know about it. And they don't want to hear about it anymore. And uh, I didn't. I didn't hear what you said about your mother. I'm sorry. Oh, I mentioned it to my parents. Okay. Several times. <clears throat> Excuse me. And at one point, a number of years ago, I thought about doing something. Like I knew she was Lexus, one type of thing. And I thought I saw one in the store. It was and it was reasonably priced. And I thought, should I buy this for her and like leave it like on her doorstep or like. You know, give it to her, or how or she takes the wrong way. And then I thought to myself, no, I better not. So then I asked my mother's advice, you know, honor that mother and father. I, I, and my mother is like, 
because you still don't know, like, I can't tell everything, you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. talking to you for hours. My mother's like, stay away. Well, I tell you, Chris, uh, the end of our program's coming up soon. You'll hear the music in about 30 seconds. But I, I, I know that was your mother's response, but um, you're, you're an independent adult, and um, you can stay away, but uh, your downstairs neighbor is not staying away. She's continuing with her complaints, uh, to run up and kick you in the back is insane. So I'm going to suggest the approach that God did. We love because he first loved us. Love will melt everything. She may not trust you, but don't worry about that. Just knock on her door, call her by name, and say Mary or whatever her name is. I really am sorry for the trouble between us. We live in an old building with hardwood floors. I don't try to make noise um, at all. But I want to repair this, and I'm going to get good carpeting to make it easier. And I wanted to make a truce by giving you these flowers and wishing you a very beautiful Lent. And if I can ever help you with anything, please let me know. Do that. You'll melt her heart. I, I think I think it might be something to try, especially this Lent, Chris. God bless you, sweetheart, and I will pray for you. And uh, there's our closing music, beloved. Uh, Blessed Ash Wednesday to you all, and we'll speak with you tomorrow. God bless you.